0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ohave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's shiur is Daf Nun We will begin on Nun Dalat Bet. A few lines from the bottom of the page. Two lines to the bottom of the page. We had been comparing Teshaba Ba'av and Yom Kippur, and we said that there's no difference between uh, Tisha Ba'av and Yom Kippur except that Yom Kippur has a sfei asur, Chabab a sfei mutar. Now, it sounds like that that's the only difference. And if so, we have a problem because we know that there are other differences. Halakol divanim, ze shavim. You want to say they're both asur? No, it sounds like they're both asur. M'sayyeh the rabbalazar That would be a proof to Rebbalazar. Tamar B'Alazar. Asur lo ol'adam shirushit lo etpa oba m'ayim shababab. It's asur for a person to stick his finger into cool water on the to cut, to cool off, just like you know I do on Kippur. So that sounds like sounds very good, because we said there's no difference besides besides Asur or and Beautiful. TV, We have a problem from a brayta and ben shabbav. Letanit zibur. El sheze asur basiyat melacha. Vze mutal basiyat Malacha, Mokub shenagu. There's no difference between tanit zibur, uh, which they which the rabbis made decreed for for lack of rain, and teshabbav, except that one, which is tanit zibur. You know a lot of work, and Shabbat Av, You're a lot of work in a place where the minhag is to work. It sounds like. It sounds like also there's equality between not only like we said before Shabbat and Kippur, but there's an equality between Shabbat Av and every fest. But when it comes to a fast day, they say this is suur that you're not allowed to wash yourself on a fast day. That's only if you put your whole body in the bathtub. But if you just wash your face, it's okay. So make up your mind. You have tani which you said was compared to kippur. And what's compared to kipuod? For everything meaning that you can't stick your finger in. And then you have Chabahav, also compared to a feste. And over there it means that you're allowed to wash your face as long as you don't put your whole body in. Make up your mind. Amar <speaking in> papa. <Spanish> answers are papa. Tani kuli kuli katani. The tana is when it says that the things are equal and you're comparing everything to tani tzibur. That's only the kulas, the leniencies of these things. But when it comes to the stringencies, then they're not the same. So again, kuli kuli katani means, says Rashi, mm-hmm. Kohani hani en ben, all these en ben's, t- chad tana amrinu, one tana set of a kuli kuli nakat, bere shatane en ben av kal. The, the, in the beginning we said there is no difference in Shabbat, which is more lenient than Kippur except for Shabbat the Tana wasn't talking about wasn't talking about hummus the Tana was only talking about kulost. And since it's only talking about kulot, it's not a problem. Okay, back to the top line. It says, are allowed to be should be batal We said, even in a place where uh it says where the Minhagis do Milachan Shabav, if you're tamid Haham, then you don't do it. And we said that Rashbag said that any person is allowed to him make himself a Tamil haham when it comes regarding these things. So, is the Gemara? Do you mean to tell me that Rashbag holds we're not worried about uh, about religious gava? There's something called yehura. Yehura means religious gava. And a person is not supposed to make himself more, certain, in certain instances, a person is not supposed to make himself out to more religious than he is. And Rashbag seemingly here, is not worried about it, because he told you anyone can make himself a Tamil Haham over here. right? And anyone could say, even though I live in Wichita, and the rules in Wichita is that menhagi's people do do melecha on Shabbat, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tamid Haham myself. So it sounds like he's not worried that a person might say, oh, Who are you to be Tamil HaHam? You're you, walking around in jeans and you're walking around this and you'll be calling yourself Tamil HaHam? But Rashbag seems to not, not, not worry about it. But I'll show you somewhere else where Rashbag is worried about these things. Says the Gemara. They remember the Rashbag, we saw the other way around. We saw the Rabbanan worrying about it and not them. Why? It's not the If you have a hatan, if he wants to read Kiryat Shema on the first night when he gets married, which he's patur, because he gets married, he's patur, he's busy with the mitzvah of being with his wife, and therefore he's patur from Kiryat Shema. And if he wants to, we could read, says the Chachamim, say he can. Rashbag, Omer, Rashbag says the opposite. So here it's the opposite. The Rabbi Nana is saying that if you want to try, go ahead. And Rashbog is disagreeing and saying it's you, Ara. Who do you think you are when you're going to say Kirat that like you got married. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite of mission where Rashbog is saying we, anyone can do it. Says the Gemara, I got an easy switch. Switch the rabbis. We, we did it a bunch of times. What? Yes, that was the Gemara. So what they're saying is that one of one of the one of the Mishnayas is mistaken. They're both Mishnayot. They're both Mishnayot. One of the Mishnayot is mistaken. Switch one of them. Which one? We don't know, but switch one. Okay? Shisha Idi It's really you don't have to flop them. You don't have to switch them. Did So now, if we don't switch them, we're going to have a double question. There's a question, Rabbanan, Rabbanan, Rabbanan. When it came to uh Shema, told the guy you could you could do it. We don't worry about Yura, and here they are worried about Yura. And Rashbag over here is not worried, and over there was worried. Let's so, so answer the Rabbanan. Says Rabbanan, Rabbanan, Lo Kasha, Hacha over here. Mechzikura on Chabob. Since everyone's doing melachan, he's not. It looks like he's got, he's got Gava. Like he's got yura. But over there, came into But over there, since he's reading, doing what everyone else is doing, he's reading like everyone else. Low which means that the Rabbanan hold that when is it called yura. When you're doing different than everybody. But when you're doing the same as everyone, that's not Yura. So when it comes to Chabob, you ask you to be different. Oh, different? That no, we don't let. When it comes to Shema, we're asking you, you are, we're, we're telling you to be machmir and be like everybody. Just say Shema like everybody else. Since you're just copying everyone else, the rabbanan, oh, that's not Yura. That's why the rabbanan could hold two different things and do different places. So the rabbanan are cool. There's no question of Rashbag and Rashbag. Why? Hatam who debain and says over the over, R- R- has an opposite look on it. He says that it doesn't go by what, what everyone's doing. It goes by what we're asking you to do. When it comes to Kriyachima. And this guy starts saying, Kirat Shema the night of his wedding. Everyone says, "Ooh, wow. He could have Kavanah the night of his wedding. He's not thinking about what he's doing later on the night. And all he's thinking about is, is, is Kirat Shema, what a Sadiq. And he's taking... That's a problem. But when it comes to Chabob, when the guy goes and decides he's going to close the shop, could be there's no business. And they, look, there's plenty of guys. Who closed their businesses all different times? Corona, this, that. Who knows what they're doing? I don't know. Maybe maybe someone got sick. Maybe he's exposed. Who knows why he's closed? And therefore, therefore, it's not a problem of what's called over there, of your route over there. So each one has a way to get out of it. And according to Rishisha Brader of Edi, there's no need to muchlef the shita. We can leave the Shita the way they are. And we'll just explain it that there are two different types of things. Says the brand new Mishnah. The rabbis say that when you're in Yehuda, there's two, there's two areas of Israel. One area is called Yehuda, the other one is called the Galil. Okay? So, in the time of, uh, the, of the Mishnah, the two areas were politically separate. Now in Israel, it's all the same, it's all one country. But in the time of the Mishnah, it was two areas. The Romans had different rules for the people in Galil and the people in Judah. You found, you find that all the stories you find of the r- original rabbis, Hillel and whatnot, uh, original tana'im are all in Judah. That's when the Bet Midrash is around. Once the Beth Midrash is destroyed, nobody hung around Judah. It was a dangerous place to be. The Romans were very tough over there, and therefore you'll find all the stories of later tana'im and all the early Amoraim in Israel all take place in places like uh, Teveria, or Tzipori, or all these northern cities in the Galil, where uh, the Romans were less strict in those days. So the Romans and later on the Byzantines. Okay, so anyways, there's two, two areas. ha say, they would make Menachah on Er Pesach. At until Hasot. And when you're in the Galil, they would not do on ere Pesach at all. Okay? So Galil is stricter over here that they don't do at all on ere Pesach. Halayla, what about the night of the 14th, which means the night of Bidikat Hamis. What about that? Bet Shammai omrim osrim, uBet Tidel matirin ad Netzachama. Bet Tidel says that's muta to the Netzachama. Now, we have a little contradiction over here. Did you notice the contradiction, Binyamin? What what contradictions did you notice? Looks like the Bet going like a Um Okay, but let's be a little more exact. If you notice. Betile looks like he's being uh strict or lenient? Well, he's allowing to let Hama. Bet Shama is more strict than him, right? right here. What do you is Oslim. Bethamay says asur to do Malakah the night of the fourteenth of Bitikan Hamet. Oh, essentially. Betil is stricter. But Betil is more lenient, I'm sorry. But the problem is Betelelel is saying that it's asu, it, it, it's mutar till Netzahama, which sounds like after Netzahama, it's That's Asur. Right. Now, beforehand, we sound like it was a Minhag. It says, uh, Biuda they would do it, In Galil, they wouldn't do it at all. Right. It sounds like a Minhag. So make up your mind this not doing it after Netzahama, according to Betelelelel, is it Isur or is it Minhag? Not only that, earlier also, in the beginning of the Peddock, the first Mishnah says, Makom shinagul. Sounds like a Minhag. And here it's, it's Isur. Amar B'yokhan and says, Lokasha. Ha, Meir. Ha, Yehuda. Our Mishnah, the, the original Mishnah says, it's a Minhag, that's Meir. And our Mishnah, which sounds like Betilel Osnin, that's Yehuda. Who are these rabbis? Oh, yeah, we have to know the Brysa. Oh, you, guys don't, you don't know the brayser? No problem. We'll tell you. The time you went the Oh, maybe the says in Yudah, you do till They won't do it at all. I'm a It's do with. According to Remeir says, it's nothing do with and Galil Depends on each place, but it's not, it's not a question of Yudah and Galil, whether it's Mutar or Asur. It's a question of which place you're in, what the Minag is. Not necessarily Galil, but because you have different cities, each city has its own Minagim. From the fact that mentioned the must be the is holding Yisur, and therefore. The two mishneiot, once Reb Yudah, once Reb Meir. Okay, something going on. The the savor Reb Yudah, Arba Asad mutad, baasiyat melacha. Does Reb Yudah really hold that you're allowed to do melacha till on on Arba Asad till chatzot? Vatanya, but didn't we learn in a brighter Reb Yudah Omer, Haminakesh, Bishoshah Asad. Okay, here we're talking about a guy who's uprooting weeds from his, um, his wheat field. Seems like if you have weeds in your wheat field, it messes around with your... Um, so people would go around and pull out the, the weeds from his field. So he says, If a guy's on the 13th of Nisan and he pulled out weeds, and one with the weed, by mistake, he pulled out one wheat thing. You have to, If you want to replant it, that pink that thing of wheat, you have to replant it in dirt that's moist, in teat. You can't put it back in a place where the ground is dry because it takes time for it to get replanted. And the rule is that all wheat has to be planted in the ground at in time by the the second day of Pesach. Which means the following. The halakha is, even nowadays, is a rule called chadash. Chadash and yashan. Wheat that's not yashan is asur to eat. For sure, uh, if you know for sure that your wheat is chadash, you're not allowed to eat it even nowadays. Now, in order for it not to be chadash, it has to have started growing before Pesach. Okay? Now, if you had this little piece of grain that starts growing before Pesach. When once you pull it out of the ground, so it's not growing on Pesach, it'll not become mutar on Pesach when Pesach hits. Then you'll have to wait till next year to eat it. And therefore, in order to get out of the problem, you have to put it back and make sure it's growing when Pesach hits. And it takes a couple of days to get in. So you got to make sure that you put it in an area where the ground is moist. This way, we're not worried that it won't get in for a time. Now the Gemara, that's the end of this little uh b'risa, which we're bringing. So what do you learn from that? It sounds like you can only put it back on the 13th, and you can't put it back on the 14th. Let's see. Rabbi Behuda has said somewhere else, that whenever you put something in, if it doesn't go in in three days, it won't work. So it sounds like. It sounds like the time in between planting and taking root is always three days. If you think that the fourteenth, Rabbi Huda, holds you allowed to do work on the fourteenth, why does that have to be that the thirteenth is the last day to do replanting? It could work before the Kobana Omer because the Kobana Omer is on the 16th of Nisan. So, why doesn't we? Do, why does the brightest say that you have to put it back by the 14th? The Bright is being extra strict in saying the 13th. Three days is all it takes. Right. So, you have the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th. We should have just said the 14th is the deadline. Why do we say the 13th is the deadline? Probably we said the 13th is the deadline because mm-hmm. on the 14th. So I mean the also, I mean the what? Sixteen is the karma, but not in the morning. You have a little bit of the 16th. Usually we hold miksat yom kikulo. Part of a day is like the whole day. So therefore, we should say 14, 15, 16, 14th the cutoff. If Ubudah says 13th the cutoff, that means you is saying that he does not allow the 14th. Amaravah, so Ravah says, Begalil Shanu. We're talking about in Galil. In Galil, we said, they were strict on the 14th, right? That's what we said. So, we'll just answer that Rabbi Buda was talking to Galil and everything is cool. Frech the Gemara. What about the night? Don't tell me this is talking about, the. What, what, don't tell me that the bright is talking about the 14th. Because it was talking about the 14th, it would be mutar to do it at night. Because in Galil, it's only as soon on the 14th and the day after Nesach Hamah, Not before Nesach So why does it say that the 13th, you have to replant it on the 13th? I can replant it on the 14th at night. Answer the Gemara. Amar of He's going like Bet Shamai, who says that it was as soon do on the night also. Rav Ashi Amar. Really, I won't tell you that Rebidah that, is going like Bet Shemai. No! Rebidah is going like Bet Shemai. Because people don't... The, the Mishnah is talking about a case where a guy was pulling out weeds, right? Yeah. People pull out weeds in their field during the day, not at night. Right. And therefore, the Mishnah was... The reason why, the Mish- yes, really we could have said that you could put it back at night. But we, we, we obviously weren't talking about a case of night because we're talking about pulling out weeds and no one does that at night. So he doesn't have to say it's Bet you He could say it's Bet Shema. Just because people don't pull out weeds at night. Ravina, Amar. Ravina says, no. I don't even have to say it's Galil. I could even tell you we're even talking about Yehuda. Uba this is a little bit like what Benjamin was saying. I told you that there's something called which means that part of the day counts as the day. Now, let's understand what happened over here. The only full day we had, let's say it's on the 14th, right? Let's say this happened on the 14th. So the guy pulls it out on the 14th. Now he puts it right back on the 14th. So you have, 14th is not a full day, because the day started already, and he put it back. The 15th is a full day, and the 16th, which is the day of the Quran, Omer, is only a partial day, because we're going to have the Omer in the middle of the day. So therefore, you have two Miksat yom kikulo, says Ravina. We only say one Miksat yom kikulo. we don't say two, and therefore, that's why it doesn't work. Okay, we have a brand new Mishnah. Let's see what's going on here. It says the Mishnah as follows: Rabbi Meir Omer, any mila'cha that a person started before the fourteenth, you could finish on the fourteenth. Even though we said it, it's a sort to have mila'cha, or it's minhag, mila'cha depending which Rabbi you're going like. But that's only to start a mila'cha. But if you're finishing a mila'cha, that's a horse of a different color. Once you started it, then you can finish it on the 14th. But you can't start a at the beginning on the 14th. Even if you're able to finish it before Hasot. But the rabbis say, There are three types of craftsmen who can do work on until Hasot. Who are they? If you're a tailor, if you're a barber, or if you're a kobes, a laundromat. He adds also people who manufacture shoes. Okay. The people ask a question of Vermeer. The tzorach amu ed tenan, aval shelo the tzorach amu ed afilim in nami lo. Or dima shelo the tzorach amu ed tenan, hal the ben the ed, ben in it's Kulido lo. Okay, so we have a few possibilities. Possibility A is when Remeir says you can't start anything on the 14th. Right? What do we say in this Mishnah? We said that Ramayor says, okay, if you started, you could finish, but you can't start. Right? right? This that Ramayor said that, is that only if it's a Surah Moed. that's when he says you can finish it. But, only for the holiday. You're doing it for the holiday. You do you but if you're finishing you can't do it that's only if it's for the holiday but if, you come, if it's, but if it's not for the holiday you can't even finish maybe that's one possibility or maybe you'll say that the mission is talking about a case where it's not for the holiday and we're telling you when it's not for the holiday that's when you can only finish but if it's for the holiday you can even start or you could say that he's talking about, whether it's for the holiday or not for the holiday. Either way, you could start, not finish. you could finish, but not start. So we have three possibilities with us. Mm-hmm. Good. Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. We're going to try a couple of proofs till we get the actual proof. Attempt number one at the proof what Ramir was talking about. Tashma, it says. You can't start on the 14th. You can't start weaving, manufacturing on the 14th, even a small belt, even a small keepa for a lady. All this stuff is asur. Ladies used to wear these little kipas on their hair or on their wigs. what does it mean? Even these things. Why did it say even these small things? What does that mean? It must be even the hairnet, which is letzorach hamoed. You still can't do. So you see from here that Remez is talking the strict way. And even if it's from Mo'ed, you still can't. You can't uh, finish it. You can only finish. You can't start. It sounds like that if it's not for the holiday, you're not allowed to do it at all. Why? Because that's why you pick these two things. Even these things, which are holiday-based items. A lady needs a new hairnet for the holiday. A man needs a new belt for the holiday. And even so, you can only do finish, not start. It sounds like starting, You can never. it sounds like if it's not for the holiday, you can never do it. For so guys making, yourself, making you a plow, which you never need on the holiday, because you're not plowing in the holiday, then you're not even allowed to finish, it sounds like. Well, it's not necessary. Maybe you could do the plow. Could be that, if it's not, he it could also finish. So why would it say, even these things? Even these things, which are small, you can't do, you might think, when you start them, it's like finishing, no, no the, the afilu over here, is not what you thought, that even these things, which is sort of quiet, the afilu is here, is even things, that are quick to do, let's say, have, like for example, let's say that making a plow, takes seven hours, and making a hair net, takes half hour, so you might have thunk, if I'm a, if once I started a plow, which takes seven hours, I did half hour of it. I'm allowed to finish six hours, mm-hmm. and finish it. I should be, when it comes to a hairnet, which only takes a half hour in the first place. I should even be allowed to start it. Kamash will know. Even these only finishing, but we don't mean to tell you. We don't mean to tell you that it's asur to do things shlotz on We didn't say that. So far, there's no proof. Okay. Let's try again. Tashma. We'll try a second proof. We're now on the bottom of the page. Remeir Omer Remeir says, Shilat moed any Malachah that's for the Moed." Gomra, you could finish it. Be'al Ba'asal on the fourteenth. When can you finish it? When you started before the 14th. You can't start on the 14th. Even if it's a small belt. Even a small hairnet. So you see. Sounds like if it's only for the Moed, because it said, you can finish it. That's pretty obvious. Pretty good proof, no? You missed that, Binyamin? Yeah. Okay, let's go back for Binyamin. Okay, one more time. Ramir says, Look at those words. When it's Moed, then you can finish on the 14th. When can you do That's only if you started first. But if you didn't start, then you can't start on the 14th. Even if it's a small thing, even that. So it sounds like only for the Moed you can do. Right, it says we see only if it's for the mo'ed, not otherwise. Soed gaminas like, no. Really, I could tell you that even though the brightest says the it could have been also And even whether it's for the holiday not for the holiday you're allowed to finish. So if so, why did it say Moed? this is why it said if we would have told you really the Halakha could be I could tell you that whether you're making something for the holiday or not for the holiday it's it's the same law so then why did the Mishnah write right to prick a case of Tzor moed you could have told me bigger you could have told me even you're allowed to finish because if I would have told you you might have thunk that since you only told me not on Tzorach HaMu'ed that's when I'm allowed to finish so it sounds like if it's for the Mo'ed I'm even allowed to start right. and that's why I didn't tell you that case I told you Shalot Tzorach HaMu'ed so you know that even though it's Tzorach HaMu'ed you still can only finish and not start <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay. so therefore again no proof Have no proof says the who Hu Adin Da'afil Shalot Tzorach HaMu'ed really when it comes to Shalot Tzorach you would also finish this is what's coming to teach you Tashma, let's bring a third attempt to try to figure it out. Says the Gmarah. Any milacha that's for the holiday. You could finish it on the 14th. But if it's not for the holiday, you can't finish on the 14th. You it the place where the to do it. So it sounds like. So it sounds like only the says, You're right. Shema you're right you can not see from here okay so we have proof and only the Surah Moed you can't do anything Shlod Surah Moed after on, on you can't do even finish Shlod Surah Moed on erev Pesach now in the Mishnah we said Hamim the Rabbis say that the three umanut the three types of umans are allowed to do malacha on erev Pesach Because those guys, uh, let's say the guys who are um, what, barbers or whatever, they're allowed to start and end. They, can't, it's not, they don't just have to finish a haircut. They're allowed to even start and end a haircut on Ere Pesach. That's what Hamim said. Tana, we learned in a brighter. The reason why the tailors are allowed to start a job, because we see that when it comes to sewing, sewing is lenient course, as long as you're not a professional sewer, for professional, um, whatever they call them, um, stitcher, tailor, stitcher, right? As long as you're not a professional tailor, you're allowed to do regular moed. so we see that it's lenient, because when it comes to moed, it works, so therefore we say we're lenient on Eretz Pesach 2. The safar, a barber, and a launderer they're also I do why the rule is if a guy got out of jail or the guy came from overseas he went on a long journey finally came after a two month journey he shows up after an overseas voyage and he shows up on a they're allowed to cut the hair and launder their clothes even though no regular people can't cut their hair and launder their clothes these guys can so you see that these things are lenient mm-hmm. he says even the shoemakers could do work why? because people were going up so the Latzanim, the shoemakers also, she can taklim, the Because the people who go up with the people who go up three times to get they're allowed to fix their shoes during the cholomed. So therefore, you might, therefore, the Rabbi holds that just like you see there's a leniency for shoemakers in cholomed, it's fine. So So how come not everyone agrees to the shoemakers doing it? How come it's a about the shoemakers? Says the Gemara, Mor Sava Yosi holds that we could learn making new shoes from fixing shoes. Yes, you're allowed to fix shoes on Chol for the people all Galim. and we figure out if you can fix shoes, you can make them new. Mor Sava, the other ones, and don't mean You can't just because you're allowed to fix them doesn't mean you're allowed to start them, and therefore he doesn't hold that you're allowed to do shoes on ere Pesach okay brand new Mishnah says the Mishnah as follows a lot of Mishnahot on this page the rule is that you could put eggs under a hen that they could sit on the egg now normally a person who wants to eat the egg if you want to make an omelet you don't put it under the hen you have to crack it and make an omelet right away because once the hen starts sitting on the egg then it turns into another chicken. That's not what you want. Right? So, if you want to put an if it's the 14th of Nisan, you're allowed to put the egg under the chicken so he sits in it. Let's say you have a hen and the hen ran away and you don't want that to happen. You can return the hen to where it came from. What if the hen died while it was sitting on the egg and you don't want the egg to go bad now you could put another one instead of the first one that died you're allowed to goref we had on Shabbat was when you clear out the ashes from a oven over here goref means to clear out but over here it's not ashes under the feet of the animals is number two and you're allowed to get rid of it on the 14th of Nisan But when it comes Chol Moed, you're not allowed to carry it out. You shouldn't be carrying shovel loads of number two on Chol Moed. But rather, you're allowed to move it to the side of the stall so the animal doesn't have to sit in it, but you can't take it out of the stall. You're allowed to bring Kelim and take them out from the craftsmen. Even though they're not needed for Chol Moed. Okay. Says the Gemara. The first law of Mishnah is that you're allowed to take eggs for the first time and put it underneath the hen. So, if you're allowed to take the eggs for the first time, why do you have to tell me that you could put the eggs back if, the, if you could return the hen if the hen ran away? Obviously, if I could put it in the I should be allowed to return it. Amara Bayes answers Seifa at the end of the Mishnah. This that we said you can return it is not talking about Ed of Pesach. It's actually talking about Khumuhid. Am Now that that'll be a little rough answer because the mission didn't sound like it was talking about Homoid. But okay. We only said this that you're allowed to return it only if it's within three days of when it ran away. Because during that time, as long as you put it back, the hen still wants to sit on it. But, right? And it has to be after three days that it sat on it, which means you can only put it back after it sat on it for three days already. Because once it sat on it for three days, now already it starts developing inside the egg. And the egg already is a sewer to eat at that point, right? Because you can't eat an egg. Once it has blood in it, you won't be able to eat it. It's already an animal. But... uh, because you're going to completely ruin the eggs once you sat for three days. So you need two conditions. Number one, it can't have run off for three days. And number two, it has to have already sat for three days. Uh-huh. But if it's after three days, after it ran away, the parakhatimalei where that doesn't have the desire to sit anymore, or it's within three days before it started, where the, where the, the eggs are not ruined, which means... Then if, if the hen sat it for less than three days, you can still make an omelette out of it. Then, lo, madrina, then you can't return it on cholmo ed to sit on its egg. Okay? So, I feel the He says, even within three days of what's starting, it'll still allow to sit on it. According to him, according to him, once it sits a little bit, it's already not, most people won't eat the egg. Since most people won't eat the egg, then you're allowed to return it. In my case, Mifliki, what's the argument between Rev Huna and Rev Ami? Why does one say it has to be that the hen has to have sat for three days to be allowed the heter, and the other one says the hen could have sat for less than three days? <speaking in Hebrew> The Machlokit is, are the rabbis lenient when it comes to only a big loss where you get nothing out of it? But said, but if a little loss, when you make it a little ichi, but it's still edible, the rabbis are not worried. And the other rabbis no, the rabbis are worried about even a little loss, and if they, they let you put it back even if it's only a little ichi. Now, we said in the Mishnah, Gorfin Mitahat, you could clear out the number two from under the animals on the fourteenth Nisan. When the Moed you weren't allowed to do it. Tanabraham, we learned in the brayta, Hazevel shem bchatzed. If you have number two in a chatzer, misakin tole, you could move it to the sides. Sheberefit shem bchatzed, motzino tole If you have number two in a refit in a stable, or in a chatzer, then you could take it out to the you could take it out to the ashba to, to the to the garbage dump. So it sounds like when it's in a chatzer that's a contradiction First he said that if it's in a chatzer you can only move it to the sides but you can't take it out of the yard Then you said If it's in the stable or the then you can take it out to the ashma Make up your mind Am I allowed to take it out or I'm only allowed to move it to the side Okay So we're going to have a couple of answers Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Lo it's not a contradiction. One's on the 14th, and one's on the 14th. When it's the 14th, that's when we said that you're allowed to even carry it out. And when it's Cholom then you only have to move it to the sides. Rav Amar, Hava Amar Cholom Oed, they're both This is what it means to say, Im Natser Chatzel Kerefet, if your Chatzir became like a stable, that there's so much stuff, then Motin Lashma, that's what we meant to say. We meant to say that really you're supposed to move it to the side. But if your Chatzir has so much stuff that it looks like a stable, then you can even carry it to the Ashma. So that's the second answer. Okay, the Mishnah continued. We said that you're allowed to take out, you can take your tentacles to and take them from the Uman. Even though you don't need them for the holiday, you're allowed to go and pick them up from the craftsman. If you have a utensil, let's say uh, uh, tongs or a horseshoe or something that you brought to a blacksmith and it's ready, even if you don't need it for the holiday, you're allowed to go pick it up. Amar HaPapa, papa says, tonight we learn the Mishnah. You're allowed to bring to and bring from the craftsman's house. Even though you don't need it for the holiday. But we have a contradiction from a different Mishnah. It says in the Mishnah, you can't bring Kaleem from the craftsman's house. But if you're worried, if you leave them there, they might get stolen. Then you can move them to a different courtyard next to the craftsman. You can't bring them home. So you have a contradiction. Right? we answered Rabbi by telling him we answered him once talking about the 14th once Chol on the 14th you can bring it to your house and Chol Mo'ed you can't bring them home because it's extra work and you can't do work on Chol Mo'ed okay The or another answer. Hava really both kasha. Kan m'amino, kan When you don't trust the guy, then you're allowed to bring it home because you're afraid he'll steal it. Okay. Asking Now, Vahatanya is sometimes not a question. Usually, the word Vahatanya is a question. Here, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says Vatanya, v'nichuta. V'nichuta means that it's a proof to the last thing that about the not trusting the guy it says if you im kelim betoman you can bring kelim from from a, a craftsman's house you can go habad beta buded you can bring a picture a kad mi beta keder over kos mi beta zagag you can bring a goblet from the glassmaker's house. But you can't bring wool from the dyers' house. You can't bring kelim from the human house. But if the guy has nothing to eat, which means if the guy who um, the guy who did the work for you is a Jewish guy and the Jewish guy needs your money, your wages in order to buy food for the holiday, we call that then you'll have Then you are have to pay him. But even though you paid him, you still have to leave it by him. Amen? I mean, no, but if you don't believe him, that if you think that if you pay him on Chol Moed, and you leave it by him, he might charge you a double. You take it out of his house, but you don't bring it back to your house, leaving the house next to you. If you're worried that maybe it'll get stolen from the house next to you, you can bring it quietly into his house. So therefore you see, that's talking about Chol Moed. So it says Tirasta, you answered Mavi'in. There you answered the thing about bringing something home. Molichin Kasha. But if you remember, we said two things. We said Mavi'in, you're allowed to bring home. We you also you're allowed to bring to the craftsman. You answered it's talking about you don't trust the guy. That's good for bringing it home. Why are you allowed to bring it to him? Right. Diktani and Mavi'in. Says the Mishnah, you can't bring Vikol Shakin to end Molichin. But Alvish says he can. We go back to the original answer that one Mishnah is talking about the fourteenth of Nissan, another one is talking about Cholam Oed. Okay, we're going to end over here at the Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen veAmen.